0: Welcome to Historical Jesus. I'm Mark Vinette. Did Jesus exist? Was he a historical figure? To be secular denotes attitudes, ideas, points of view, activities, objects, or other things that have no religious or spiritual basis. Secular Jesus historians and theological Christians disagree on many aspects and interpretations of the life and deeds of Jesus, but most historians of all stripes do not doubt that at the least, Jesus was a Jewish man who walked first-century Judea as a teacher and was crucified by the Romans. Mythicist critics on the opposite end of the spectrum insist not only that the New Testament is filled with legendary material, but that Jesus himself was, literally, a myth. That is, he never existed. I intend to explore a range of views on the topic throughout this series, so that both Christians and non-Christians can enrich their understanding of the Galilean preacher. Let's listen to renowned secular Bible scholar Dr. Bart Ehrman Present his thought provoking arguments in support of a historical Jesus.
1: There are people who say that Jesus didn't even exist. That's what mythicism is. You, it's the idea that Jesus himself is a myth. And that's not an issue that's seriously debated among experts in the field but who are you know New Testament scholars. But they are, nonetheless, very concerned about knowing what kind of evidence do we have for Jesus. Not just his existence, because the evidence for what he said and did, of course, is evidence for his existence. But the fact that we have sources that are all the sources agree he existed, but still that doesn't help you much knowing who he was and what did he teach. What did he do and what happened to him? And so it's really important for people to understand what kind of sources of information we have for all of that. That's a topic that scholars have really wrestled with for a very long time. We have a lot more than for 99.99% of the rest of the population. <laughs> the reality is that in the days of Jesus, probably about 60 million people in the Roman Empire at the time. And we have very, very little information about any of them. For most of them, we have no information at all. It's kind of hard to say how many Jews there were in the empire at the time, but usually it's said around 5 or 7%. So, so three or f- three to five million Jews in the world at the time in Jesus' day. So, Jesus would have been living in the first century of the common era. And so, say, the first 30 years. And in those years, we know about, you know, outside of the Bible, we have very little information about about any of them. But in the case of Jesus, we have records. We don't have contemporary records. In other words, people who knew Jesus at the time didn't leave us any writings about him. But nonetheless, we do have sources of information far beyond what we do for most people. We have so many records from so many independent sources that it's pretty clear he existed. And one of our sources is in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, who actually knew Jesus' brother. So if Jesus didn't exist, you'd think his brother would know it. Paul knows some of Jesus' disciples, and he just mentions them casually. He's not mentioning them in order to prove there was a Jesus. He's, just, he's mentioning them. And so it's not an eyewitness. Paul didn't know Jesus during his lifetime, but he knew people who did know Jesus. He met with them, he talked with them, spent time with them, and so that's one thing. But it's a very big problem that we don't have contemporary records if we want to know exactly what he said and did. Our primary sources of information are the Gospels of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are written between 40 and 60 years after his death. So they pose a lot of problems for scholars. But one thing I want to emphasize at the outset is that there are a lot of people who say that we simply can't trust them at all because they're in the Bible and you got to go outside the Bible. And for a historian, that's just nonsense. Matthew, Mark, and Luke did not know they were writing the Bible. They weren't writing Scripture. They were writing accounts of Jesus that they had heard and read and that had been in circulation for years. That is both a plus and a minus. The plus is it means that there are all sorts of stories floating around about Jesus in lots of parts of the world by the time these guys are writing. And so it shows that there are independent lines of transmission going out with these oral traditions. And historians love to have independent lines of transmission about somebody because if they're independent lines, they haven't been based on each other. And so that helps getting information. And so you can't just discount the Gospels as historical sources because they're in the Bible. You have to treat them as historical sources written by people who did not imagine that they were writing scripture. They were just writing their accounts. And so they're just as valuable as historical sources as any other historical source. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone
0: listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's
1: potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010.
0: Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: Basically, since the Enlightenment, scholars have realized that the Gospels are not objective, biographical accounts of what Jesus really said and did for some of the reasons you're mentioning. When you compare the Gospels to each other, there are discrepancies and contradictions, a lot of them in minor details, lots and lots in minor details that are just flat-out contradictions. But in other places that are really fairly major events about Jesus' life that are reported quite differently in ways that cannot be reconciled, if you look at them closely enough, most people don't look at them closely, of course. They just kind of read them over quickly and say, yeah, I'm saying basically the same thing. And that's fine. But when you actually look at the details, they're quite different. These books are written 30, 40, 50, 60 years later by people who did not know Jesus, who did not live in Israel, who didn't speak Jesus' language, Aramaic, they were Greek speakers. And they're basing their accounts on oral traditions, stories about Jesus that have been in circulation for many years. And stories get changed when they get told and retold and retold and retold. Those are all the downsides of the Gospels. And your question is then, what do you do about it? Is there anything reliable there and how do you know? And that, of course, is the big issue that scholars have wrestled with for many, many years. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar to each other. Scholars have long called them the synoptic gospels. Synoptic means to be able be seen together because they tell many of the same stories, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The stories are usually in the same sequence. First this happened, then this, then this, and this. There are lots of changes too, but the basic skeleton is very much similar. And sometimes they tell them in the same words, word for word the same. You'll have an account of Jesus doing something. You'll have a sentence that's just the same sentence in all three of them. Now, my students have trouble sometimes believing me when I tell them that if you have two sources that report something and they're word for word the same, then somebody's copying somebody. They don't believe me about that. So I do this little exercise when I'm teaching this to my class. I'm teaching a New Testament class, and I'm trying to explain why it is the Synoptic Gospels have these similarities. And I say, yeah, somebody's got to be copying somebody. They don't believe me. So what I do is I come to class one day when we're going to talk about this, and I come in a little bit late to make sure everybody's there. And I start fussing around in front of the class. I take something out of my bag, and then I turn off the lights, and I turn back on, them I mess around with the computer. Then I put the books back in my bag, and I take off my coat, and I put it back. I am like doing stuff. And they're looking at me saying, what's going on? And so after about three minutes of doing this, I say, okay, I want you to take out a pen, piece of paper, and write down everything you've just seen me do. So they write out their descriptions. We got like 350 people in this class, and I do this. And then I say, okay, four volunteers here. And I just randomly pick up four papers, and I start reading them. I said, we're going to do a synoptic comparison. We're going to see how many of these have the same sentence, word for word. And you all out there, the other 350 of you, see if you've got any of the sentences that's exactly like any of these. And I go through and I do a comparison and they're all different. They'll often mention similar things about my taking some out of a bag or turning off the lights, but they never, ever have a sentence the same. You know, I've done this thing for over 30 years. I've never, ever had it where somebody gets it the same. Then, then when I finish, I say, okay, now, what would you say if I picked up two of these things and they had a whole paragraph that was word for word the same? And everybody says, oh, somebody cheated. I say, yeah, yeah, somebody had a copy. How else would you get it? If you get the same thing word for word, how else could you explain it? And some guy in the back row invariably raises his hand and says, it's a miracle. So with the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you get that. You get those similarities. So isn't that just one source then? Doesn't that mean that if they're all copying the same thing, they're all the same source? And the answer is partly yes and partly no. It's partly yes because scholars since the 19th century have recognized that Matthew and Luke used Mark as one of their sources. Independently, they had access to a copy of Mark, and they built their Gospels off of the accounts found in Mark. But they also have other material not found in Mark. So that means they didn't get it from Mark. If they didn't get it from Mark, then they got it from an independent source. So some of the material in Matthew and Luke that's not in Mark is word for word the same like the Beatitudes or the Lord's Prayer, very similar in a word-for-word word in places. And so the thinking is that they got it from another source. Either Luke copied Matthew, or Matthew copied Luke, or they got it from another source. And there are good reasons for thinking that, in fact, they got it from another source that scholars have called Q. And so you have Mark, and you have Q, and these are independent sources. But then Matthew has a lot of stories that are just found in Matthew, and Luke has a lot of stories just found in Luke. So they did get them from Mark and Q, so they got them from other sources. So these are all independent streams of tradition. Mark, Q, and what they call M, Matthew's sources, and L, Luke's sources. and Then you get the Gospel of John, which has a bunch of stories not found in any of them. Those are also independent sources. And then, then there are questions about other Gospels from outside the New Testament, like the Gospel of Thomas or the Gospel of Peter. Are they getting all their stuff from the New Testament Gospels? No, there's a lot of stuff, and they're not in the New Testament Gospels. So you do get independent sources of information, and what you look for in these independent sources of information is the same kind of information. You're not looking for word-for-word agreements because that would show borrowing. Suppose you sources, a bunch of sources where Jesus talks about the kingdom of God by using a parable about seeds. You get that a lot in different sources. That's independent attestation that Jesus probably talked about the coming kingdom of God by using parables about seeds. It's not certain, but it makes it more probable the more independent sources you have that say something like that.
0: I'm Mark Vinette. Thank you for sharing your time with me.